0: you're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. In this episode, we look at the question, how should Christians engage with social media? So if you're listening to this, you most likely have a social media account. I don't know how else you would find this podcast. Maybe you stumbled across it. Maybe somebody shared it with you, but most likely you found it through social media. Uh, We all have them, uh, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Uh, the question we need to answer is how as Christians should we think about those things, the things that we read, the things that we like, the things that we share? What does the gospel say? How does it inform the way we view social media? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. I've got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and then Zach Wyrock and Stacy DiNardo, other members of our leadership team. Our question today is, how should Christians engage with or think about social media? So uh, almost everybody has social media. I don't know many people who have no social media accounts. Different people are on different platforms. Uh, the overriding principle for social media right now is things are crazy out there. So Uh, As followers of Jesus, how should we think about social media, how should we ourselves engage with it and use it? Um, Let's start there, maybe. Is
1: a good starting I think a good place to start is Jesus said uh, this in the Gospels, and it's very challenging. He said, uh, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, Jesus is saying, there is nothing you have ever said or I have ever said that is disconnected from what's in our hearts. That I know we tend to say, oh, I, I said that without thinking, or I, I said that, but that's not what I meant, or but Jesus saying, no, our words always connect to something in, in our hearts. There's something going on in our hearts. And I think a good place to start is that Jesus certainly did not connect that to tweeting or posting on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever, uh, because in his time, obviously, those things didn't exist. But the same principle holds true. We could say out of the overflow of the heart... The person tweets, posts, yeah. likes, shares, retweets, you know, whatever uh, platform is out there so that the issue for Christians is fundamentally and firstly what's going on in our hearts and what social media does is simply allow another platform for what's going on in our hearts to to flesh out.
2: Yeah. And I don't think people understand social media is such a different dynamic, You know, then sitting and talking—the Bible has a ton to say about how we are to relate to other people. And those uh, connections were always face-to-face because that's what was true in the first century. Now we've developed a way to communicate with masses of people, but you're in a room by yourself, acting like it doesn't really have an impact. You don't see people's faces. You're not dealing with real human beings. It is a dynamic that I think is fraught yeah, with it's, danger. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. It makes me wonder this, it, it, is it is because of that? Because when I'm in a room full of people, like even now we're doing this podcast, I mean, I can look at all your faces, I can see affirmation or disagreement or... And so there's a certain measure of like politeness that governs what I might Absolutely. say or might yep. not right. say. Yep. So you might, uh, might actually say a person is more like what they post on social media than the what thing. they say.
3: You're really hearing the overflow of their heart. You're yeah. really well, hearing.
0: Part of that is because like, you know, you don't accidentally slip and make a social media post. You have to type it out. You have to hit send. You know, you, and you, you might see the little it. red squiggly lines and and fix a word that you spelled incorrectly. Right. Yeah. So it's not a no act. Nobody accidentally tweets.
3: Right. Right. It's super intentional. And again, as noted, it's behind. It's in your own privacy. It's in some regards, it can be a cowardly way to put things out there because you're not. Yeah, you might have repercussions of people not liking what you've said, but you don't have to look someone in the face when you are saying what you're saying. And at the same token, I think social media can be an amazing, amazing tool to edify others or right. to lift up Jesus or um to do all sorts of other wonderful things through it. And so it's hard to see, you know, it this tool that could be used for such good things be used and creating such division and destruction even right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, James will say, you know, the tongue is a small thing, but it, you know, it it starts a fire that that can consume things. And I think that's true on social media. I think you're right. I think it can be for good or it can be for bad. But I think the starting point for a Christian is to say, you show me your social media history Mm -hmm. and I'll show you your heart. Right The things that matter, even it's not even about right and wrongness, it's about yeah. the things that you post about, right so you you know the what what consumes your attention what what are you known for on social media? what are the things that you talk about, you interact about? I mean, I think all those things are windows into who you really are, and most of us in life live with a disconnect between who we are and who we think we are. Mm-hmm. Social media provides a pretty good opportunity for me to look and say. Who am I really? What What are the things that capture my attention? What are the things that I'm posting
3: about? There's, there's a reason that employers go to your social media Absolutely. accounts are, right. <laughs> as the very first thing because we can really get to know you better than um, a face-to-face interview sometimes because you see what's going on in their heart.
1: Yeah, I think the flip side of that is because everyone's hearts are a little more on display right? than they were 20 years ago, uh, we also have to reckon with not only what we say on social media, but how we respond or think about what other people say. Because I think now I'm inundated with the thoughts of people that I wouldn't otherwise know, but I now have to factor into what I think about them. Right? So somebody posts something on social media and it's like, oh, ordinarily I wouldn't know that person's political views. We don't have that kind of relationship. Now I do know their political views. How does that shape? Yeah. (laughs) How does that now shape what I think about them, and I see this from personal experience, when I was at City Church, uh, I was during the 2016 election, I was so troubled by some of the things I saw City Church members posting, I actually deleted my Facebook account, because I had an experience where I was serving communion, and a man came up to take communion, and I didn't want to serve him. I I wanted to deny him communion for no other reason than I did not like the things they had been putting putting on Facebook, and I thought, you know, as a pastor, I, I shouldn't, Necessarily know what what is on this guy's mind all the time mm-hmm. because I want to just I, my job is to love him and to care for him and and, shepherd, yeah. and is this knowledge helpful to that end or not helpful and I I think for me I had to wrestle with that I think well, that's something we all have to wrestle with
3: and as a Christian then just in that vein just to put it out there like you can have a different view from someone else and still. Offer grace and still like that. That does no, not can't. define you everything. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't Get
2: it out. be great oh. if you, on social media, if you could recognize right away that somebody's a Christian because of the of the graciousness in yeah. which they respond to somebody who has a different view or is on un- exactly you yeah. know the the problem right now. Uh, I and mean, I think what what Zach said is really sobering. That if Jesus, and I used to years ago, you know the the thing was. Um, if you showed me your checkbook and your calendar, yeah. uh, how, would, how would I know what's the most important thing about you? You know, you show me those things. Now is show me your social media. And that is sobering to think that Jesus would just go through the history yeah. of social media. And then the things that you like and the things that you don't like or the things you repost. And people repost stuff. In some ways I think Christians sometimes like to have somebody else hate for them. Yeah. And so they say, I didn't say this. It yeah, is a level of detachment. This per- yeah, yeah. This person said this.
1: And yeah. I, think, I think that what's yeah, I think that what's true is that kind of two things that I think are really challenging for the church today. And one is that I think that we have a lot of people who who are at who are active members of churches who are known on social media, everyone knows their political leanings. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows they love Jesus, right? And I just want to challenge you on that. If you are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and everybody knows you're a conservative, nobody knows you're a Christian. If everyone knows you're a liberal, but nobody knows you're a Christian, I think that's a problem to to what Joe is saying. Or flip side, if everyone knows you hate liberals— even if they know you're a Christian, That's right? almost if worse. everyone knows you hate yeah. conservatives, even if they know you're a Christian, you are actively doing damage to the cause of Christ. I mean, that there's no if, ands or buts. You are, and you being aware of that damage or unaware of it does not mean it is or isn't happening. Like people are taking notice yeah. of what, and and there's a running. I'm I, the only social media I have is Twitter. And there is a running kind of joke on Twitter uh, that people will say, when you look at hateful comments, if you click on that person's Twitter account, they will say, follower of Jesus, born again, Christian, without fail. Without fail, you can click on a hateful comment, and there it is. And I think, boy, we we have to realize the damage is being done to the cause of Christ, and we are accountable for that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's interesting, as you all talked about, you know, the fact that your social media will reveal sort of your your true self. I don't. There's some. I agree with that in some ways, but there are other ways in which I don't. And what I mean is, uh, I think what it reveals is is the self that you want others to know mm-hmm. because you can curate your social media account. You can choose which pictures you post. You can uh, post certain things, not post certain things. You can go back and delete posts that you're not proud of a year later.
2: So. Well, often, yeah, I think yeah. you've you've hit on something that we. There are two different ways to use social media. One is to that reveals your true heart, which is usually not good, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other is to try to create an image of yourself yes. that yeah. you want others to think yes. about you.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know if those two things are really disconnected. I think they're just maybe two different symptoms of mm-hmm. the same problem. Because if I'm an Instagram and I'm curating a particular view of my life. I am showing you who I really am because I'm saying, (laughs) look, I'm wealthy (laughs) or I'm interesting or I'm, and I'm saying I'm vain. That's who I really am. I'm vain. Right. So yeah. So I get what you're saying. Jim, I think you're right. Some people are manufacturing what they
3: want others to think of them. Um,
1: But uh, yeah, I wanted to flip the conversation for a second and say, Stacy, you have two teenage daughters, right? And so, you you know, uh, (laughs) I have a 12 year old who's kind of headed into this world. Yeah. So maybe we just talk for a minute about how parents ought to be thinking about social media, its impact on young people.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, one thing I would just say is there are a lot of studies out there right now that connect when social media just hit the world. And the levels of anxiety increasing within teenagers, specifically teenage girls. I know I've looked into that probably more than teenage boys. So, um, it has spiked and gone through the roof and there's no space for kids to disconnect from, from any sort of social life or expectations that they put on themselves out of, um, you know, they come home from school and they're on, they're still connected in that way. There's no downtime. So, um, as a Christian and wanting my girls to be, they following Jesus is just, I mean, we just have really specific boundaries. We have certain, they have Instagram. Um, they definitely don't have Snapchat. Um, I own their phones, so I have access to them at all times. And, Can and, you explain
0: yeah. why Instagram but not Snapchat?
3: Oh, um, yeah, you might be able to even better than myself. Snapchat things.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you said definitely. So yeah, yeah.
3: Um, with Snapchat, no, I mean actually, in Instagram, you have you have DMs, and so those actually still do disappear after you have. That's an instant message kind of thing, and once you've sent that instant message and it's been viewed by the other person, it can it most of the time can no longer be viewed again. That's the whole world of Snapchat. Is basically all of that, and all it is is just images back and forth to each other, to the person they're interacting with, that disappears as soon as it's been seen. So the amount of abuse that I think takes place from even um, between teenagers or even younger than that is just kind of through the roof.
1: I think the the big thing is for, for parents or even for uh, adults is that we just have to think critically about these yeah. things. I mean, it, it can't be that because something is... Uh, popular or cool or relevant or the moment that we just go along with it. And we we, we really, uh, whether as adults, we have to say, wait a minute, there there is a difference between being a Christian man and a non-Christian man, a Christian woman and a non-Christian woman. And is that what does that difference mean for Facebook? What does it right. mean for Twitter? What does it mean for Instagram, et cetera? But then for parents also to say, uh, you know, kids are always gonna say, but everybody has right. this. Everybody, always. of course, that's we all said it when we were kids. Our kids are gonna say it or do say it. I think what's what we have to say. But wait a minute, what is wise? And I think sometimes the difficulty with technology, and I'm feeling this already, and my kids, my oldest is 12, uh, he knows more about technology than I do. And that that dynamic is always going to be there, which means I've also got to put in a little bit of work to make sure I know why I would say yes or why I would say no. And even to be able to articulate that to my children, so that they aren't just frustrated. They understand what's going on uh, and why dad is saying yes to one social media platform, but not to to another. another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, for parents of teenagers, and I don't have teenagers, my oldest is five, but uh, I was in student ministry here for a long time. One of the, I think there are two things with social media that I find really, really troubling. I think the first is uh, that parents sometimes assume that because it's on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, it's not uh, that the content that you would want your kids to avoid is not on those sites. And that's absolutely untrue. Right. You know, there's as much- Or porno- even
1: sometimes that your kids have to go looking for it. Right. Like it can come no. to them. There's as yeah.
0: much pornography and all that sort of stuff on yep. those websites as there is absolutely. anywhere else on the internet. That's first thing. Second thing is that's really troubling to me about social media- with teenagers mm-hmm. especially is the level of access that it gives to other people yeah. to, to them. If you think child, about yep. if you have an Instagram account and it's not private for example, that person can be messaged by anybody in the world. Right. I mean anybody in the world you can, can send can them still, a direct message. Even then,
3: with private even accounts. with private
0: yeah, you can, but,
1: and I think I'll add a third thing to that because I think those dangers are very real. They're also the dangers most people would be like, yeah, okay, I get why that would be. But I think even you know, as I think about my daughters, um, you, you know, I already my my two oldest daughters are ten and eight, and already they say things like, you know, um, my legs are too hairy, mm-hmm. I feel fat. I mean, 10 and eight, yeah. right? And they grow up in a home where they're loved and cared for. And so I think even like your daughter's definition of beauty, absolutely, your son's yeah. understanding of masculinity, like some dangers that can shape them are not as obvious and overt as a sexual predator reaching out to them or right. pornography. Those are very real things. but But what about just having your daughter not live with crippling insecurity? Yep. Or your son not feel like he has to compete with every other guy and what he's accomplishing or whatever it might be. You know, I think th- these are dangers that are maybe less obvious to us, mm-hmm. but, but still very dangerous for, for our kids. And I think parents have to fight against just having been a parent of five kids in a technological era. We have to fight against the easy way out of just saying the phone isn't even for them. It's for us. Quiets them. It, it placates gets them. them. Yeah, that's right. And I think there's a real danger in and not being vigilant on these things.
2: Okay, uh, let's let me uh, turn this again. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, let's talk about what would be a good use of social media for a Christian, because it is a powerful, yeah, uh, a powerful platform that can be used. And I, I want to kind of talk through. I don't want people to think that the only good use of social media for a Christian is to post Bible verses and praise courses and that kind of thing. There there might be, there might be other stuff that you can post uh, and that you can use social media for. So what, what should a Christian do other than, I mean, a lot of us have canceled out a lot of our social media and just. Yeah. And there
1: is some health to that. I mean, I think there is some health to saying I don't have to be on every platform. Right. For sure. No, I think one thing is show an authentic life. I I think if you're going to use social media as a window into your life, be honest about great moments and less than great moments. Show people that the Christian life is a life of ups and downs, and through it all, God remains faithful and you remain uh, committed to Him. So I think there can be—obviously, you need to be careful with online vulnerability. Not everybody needs to know everything about you. But I think you can kind of push back against if some people are curating the perfect life, I think Christians can actually go the other way by saying, "Hey, this is how life really is. This is a picture of my family in our messy house. This is our vacation that wasn't perfect." This is, you know, I think those are ways of showing people who who we really are and and the in just the authentic nature of the Christian life.
0: I think uh, it, it can also social media can also be very edifying in the sense that uh, while the access is troubling in some ways. In other ways, there are so many voices that you can find that you otherwise would not have been able to get access to. So I think about uh, even as our country has walked through and continues to have so much uh, racial tension unrest, and all yeah. of those things going on, to be able to find voices on Twitter or whatever yeah. platform you're on. Especially who,
1: for us, like black voices, right, who where are we speaking, live in Hudson yeah. is predominantly white. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Who, who can shepherd us and and help us to, and not only finding them, listening to them, but even elevating them you know, in some yeah. ways, I think that's yeah. been really...
1: Similarly, I come across all the time books or resources mm-hmm. via social media that I think, oh, that would be really helpful. I know even on the leadership team, we're often mm-hmm. swapping podcasts or right. yep. things we've come across, right? So there are a lot of resources out there that can be really helpful.
3: A little bit of a different direction, but something that we've even talked about as a church is that as Christians, though, how much more can we use social media to be for other people? Yeah, to, to encourage. To be for our community, yeah. to be to celebrate things that we see others doing around us and to build into just relationships intentionally by using social media to do that personally. And I think
1: even pushing back against, I mean, you you know, I I think that uh, Christian high school students who, you know— Christian high school girls for example even encouraging each other liking yeah. people's pictures saying you look you look beautiful you know you're you're i think just finding a way to push back right. against insecurity to push back against competitiveness against mm-hmm. curated lifestyles to just encourage and affirm and celebrate uh, other people so that people's facebook posts and twitter feeds actually become life giving yeah. rather than life depleting was at the end
2: of uh, Philippians where Paul says, you know, whatever is true, yeah, noble, is noble whatever. lovely, pure, of good report, excellence, all of that. To me, if you're if if that describes the way you use social media, you're in good shape. The world needs more of that. Yeah. But if it's the opposite of that... Yeah,
1: and let me I challenge say, remember, you like, in this way. What would those who disagree with you say about your social media posting? I think that's the thing. If you are politically minded, would the other side of the aisle say that what you post is generally good and honorable? Even if they disagree with that, would they say your tone is pleasant, your you're, you're kind, you're friendly? Because I think sometimes we all exist in the echo chamber of our own tribe, and we say, well, yeah, they... They don't see any problem with what I post. Well, of course not, because if they did, they'd have to see a problem with what they post. It's well, and there's you're mutually
0: like, affirming. There's mob mentality on social media no where doubt. you're either where you're either a hero or a villain and there's no. And it middle changes, ground. you know, yeah. every
1: couple of days, which side is which. Yeah. So I think, you know, just uh, asking not only what would those agree who agree with me say, but what would those who disagree with me, what would they say about my, my posting? I think that'd be a great place to start.